How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me slash growth. That's hbs.me slash growth. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me as always is my good friend Frank Madden. Frank, I almost just choked on a pretzel before we started recording, um, so this might not go well. Good good start to the road trip, right? <laughs> Eric almost died after the Grizzlies game. Um, I guess maybe me choking on a pretzel is an apt analogy for this game. Uh, the Bucks did not play well. Uh, they lose 113 to 93. And yeah, I mean, we, we talked about how this road trip was going to be uh, difficult, how it was going to be uh, a tough, a tough, essentially two weeks for the Bucks. A tough six games, and I, I don't know if we were, I don't know if we were all that more upbeat and positive and optimistic. But I think you see Chandler Parsons go down for the Grizzlies and not play, and I guess maybe that was a good thing with with the way Vince Carter played. But you see the Grizzlies in turmoil. They're they're losing a guy like Chandler Parsons, and you think, oh, you know what? Maybe this is the one of those. Four other games that that the Bucks could steal. The the one of the non Lakers Kings games on this road trip that they could steal, and uh, it, it just wasn't that way tonight. Well, first off, Eric, you clearly have not been watching the Memphis Grizzlies because Chandler Parsons is a corpse. So, uh, so that was probably the worst thing you could, yeah. the worst omen the Bucks could have had, knowing that that Parsons was on the shelf. I was I was uh, thinking, man, everybody else got the had the benefit of. David Fisdale trying to force Chandler <laughs> Parsons into the starting lineup, yeah. and then the Bucks show up, and he's now out for the season. But, um, but, but even so, I mean, you know, this was just—it's it, kind of funny. I mean, you look at the final score. I mean, 113 points. Obviously, that's a lot of points. But um, because of the slow pace of this game, I mean, this was—we'll see the the in-game um, plugin I use in Chrome that gives me my offensive and defensive rating stats. It's usually a little bit different from the the what what basketball reference um, the formula they use for pace. It's pretty close, but um, I think the Bucks' worst defensive rating in a game this season was like something on the order of like 134, I think. And the defensive rating um, on my in my Chrome little app and app plugin uh, has the Bucks at 133 tonight allowed. So this was. Um, an epically bad maybe it's maybe it won't go down as the worst bucks defensive performance of the season but in pure points per possession terms it was an epically terrible game offensively they were actually like about average um yeah. which i'm sure might seem weird given they only scored 93 points but i mean the, the as much as the grizzlies were on fire from outside the bucks actually matched them, <laughs> matched them the bucks were 14 out of 26 from three they were better. Uh, grizzlies 14 out of 27 yeah so kind of a weird game because I mean you you would obviously say well the Bucks inability to defend the three point line kind of you know that was like the most obvious thing defensively that was a problem um, and just because you hit a bunch of threes doesn't mean that you know your defense wasn't terrible allowing the same number back 
but it was a little bit different of a game. I think the Grizz were four of five on corner threes. So, you know, they made him pay, but they didn't shoot a ton of corner threes. Just basically Vince Carter not being defended above the break, which um, turns out is a bad idea. Uh, <laughs> eight for eight from the field, six of six from three, five boards, two assists, three steals, 24 points for Vince Carter. This is why... Remember when we we mistakenly thought he was a free agent this summer and we were like, oh man, the Bucks should go to Vince Carter. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I stand by that. I, you you I brought agree. it up, and and I stand by that. But you know, I, I mean, you knew the Bucks were going to have one of these games at some point, um, and defensively, pretty much they didn't have it anywhere. Right, three point lines the obvious one, but um, you know they allowed fifty two percent shooting overall. Um, they allowed three more offensive rebounds. They were minus four in the turnover differential mark, which has been a huge um, area where they've yeah. been basically like making hay over the past few weeks, um, not turning the ball over themselves and forcing turnovers on the other side. Um, tonight, 16 turnovers, uh, 12 for the Grizzlies. So, um, you know, just kind of one of those things that um, actually 17 for the Bucks for including team turnovers. Uh, I think the, a shot clock was in there, too. But um, but, yeah, they just, you know, they were minus 10 in the paint. They were minus uh, 10 mid range, um, you know, so even all those threes that the Bucks hit ultimately didn't matter because uh, the Grizzlies just sort of beat them everywhere else. And, um, you know, if you look at the Bucks, Giannis didn't play particularly well. Chris didn't play particularly well. Got a bunch of other guys shooting threes, but. Unfortunately, they wasted some some great shooting from pretty much everybody else. Yeah, and we talked about it, I think, in the last one, or in our last podcast, about how the, the, the two categories they had kind of in extreme ways leaning towards them were, were three-pointers. They had been limiting teams recently to a lower three-point attempt number, and they had been hitting enough of them that they were normally getting an advantage there and they were not turning the ball over <laughs> and others teams against them were they were forcing a lot of turnovers and when you see those two things tip in the bucks favor well they're gonna win a, a bunch of games and yeah losing the turnover battle and then not containing the grizzlies from the three-point line yet it's gonna be tough to win and like you said, it, you you saw Giannis have some moments in transition with a, with a couple and ones, and it, but beyond that, really in the half court, he couldn't he couldn't really get much of anything going. And it was one of those nights where we saw him have two early fouls, and uh, Jason Kidd decided to keep him out maybe a little bit too long in the first half. That maybe you could have tried to go a little bit longer with him, um, but you you just don't see uh, again. I'm trying to think of games where we've seen lately where Giannis and Chris haven't played well and the the rest, the others, have, have bailed them out. We've seen Tony Snell score 19. We've seen Rashad Vaughn play well. We've seen uh, John Henson have good games. We've seen the others get them a victory, and that just didn't happen tonight. The others didn't have it. And you mentioned the the three-pointers and uh not really having much for the Grizz around the arc but man Gasol and Randolph even even though Randolph plays a, a lighter minute load now those two just remain a, a tough tandem tr to try to cover especially with guys with the Bucks Thon Maker doesn't have anything for either of those guys he's he's just gonna have to try to sprint around to the front and most of the time against Gasol that was 
leading to easy ball movement for the Grizzlies because then a double would have to come and you would trigger a set of easy passes for them to get a three. And if it wasn't Thon, it was John Henson. And obviously John Henson can have an impact on the game when he can block shots and he doesn't really have to bang around with a, with a bigger guy in the post, but that's not the case with those two. And uh, again, with Greg Monroe, sometimes he, he can be good in that situation but a lot of the times when it's someone else that's just as big as him and just as strong as him he doesn't really he isn't really able to capitalize and yeah so I'm trying to think of positives in this one and I'm really struggling to to try to find some bright spots and I guess the box score kind of indicates that as well literally not a positive player for the Bucks in plus minus tonight um Everyone on the roster was a negative something. And granted, some of those guys were in garbage time. But even in garbage time, they were minus five. <laughs> um, so uh, literally not a, a positive player for the Bucks tonight. And watching the game, I would largely agree with that very rudimentary uh, assessment that there wasn't a positive player on the floor for the Bucks tonight. Yeah, it was disappointing because, you know, Giannis got loose uh, a few times in transition early in this game. Um, he got six, uh, seven quick points, hit a three. Um, got out for a couple of buckets in transition, got fouled, and unfortunately you know, had one foul off ball and then um, doesn't box out. I think it was Jamichael Green uh, gets a, a rebound. Giannis tries to block him from behind. I mean, it might have been clean for all I know. I mean, I didn't see a replay of it, um, but he gets whistled for the foul with five minutes left in the first quarter. And you know, at that point, the game was tied. The Bucks had been down 8 nothing, so another slow start, um, as we've seen a, you know, on a handful of occasions of late. Uh, but they come back, uh, and Giannis was a big part of that. And unfortunately, the two fouls though knock him out um, with five minutes to go in the first quarter. And you know the Bucks didn't like get blown out immediately or anything like that. Um, Snell, I think Snell scored all of his points in the first quarter. As a matter of fact, um, he looked great early on. Hit a couple threes. Oh um, yeah, you're right. He did. Yeah, he hit a a, a, a one handed runner from like twelve feet or something like that off a of pick and roll. He had a beautiful pocket pass. Everything was coming up, yeah. Tony. Smith. Yeah, he had a beautiful pocket pass and a pick and roll to Greg Monroe, who you know got in his customary blown layup. Um, you know, the nicer the pass, the more likely Greg Monroe is to <laughs> completely botch it. Unfortunately, um, so you know, the Bucks were, were kind of. I mean, it was twenty six twenty four after Snell hit that runner. Um, the uh, the Bucks then unfortunately kind of gave up a couple buckets to end the period. They're down six, and then as you mentioned, you know, Giannis has got those two fouls, and um, you know, basically kid is trying to sort of stretch out the bench unit there uh in the second half or in the second second quarter and um you know Giannis comes back midway through that second quarter and I'm thinking at that point you know he's been out 11 minutes at that point and I thought okay well we've seen him go the distance in second halves uh, a fair bit uh, of late maybe you know not always the preferable way to do it but I thought maybe you'd see that in this game as well given it seems like they were kind of going to be facing an uphill battle and um you know unfortunately I think they had they were able to get generate a little bit of momentum. Giannis had a couple buckets in a row uh, late in the third quarter. You know they were kind of unable to really get it under ten, and um, you know they had a chance and they got a number of kind of stops late in the third quarter. And you know it just didn't feel like they could get over the hump. Giannis missed a couple layups. Um, one of those turned into a Brogdon three, but uh, you know it just it just felt like they couldn't get over the hump there to end the third quarter. And then, you know, Giannis goes on the bench to get a blow at the beginning of the fourth quarter. And, you know, um, well, I guess that's when your mentions went south. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I again, I don't know. I'm, I was going to say, 
I, I guess the so if, if anyone follows me on Twitter and also listens to Locked On Bucks, uh, you're probably aware of what we're what we're talking about. But if you don't, you can follow me at Eric underscore name, or you can follow Frank at F Madden NBA. Um, but it, it was just funny because, like you said, in, in the last couple weeks or so, we've seen Giannis go around 40 minutes in, in some of these games. The last three, I think, 41, 39, 40. And, and that's something I've asked Jason about and whether or not he, he's concerned about it. And uh, obviously he, he's said, I guess, the right things that, hey, we don't want to push him up over 40. And, uh, you know, but he's kind of our guy and he's getting us through this and we're picking up some wins. So, um, but anyway, so we asked about that and my mentions have been killing Jason Kidd for doing that. And, and I guess since I serve somewhat as the messenger, uh, to talk to him and (laughs) ask questions of him, my mentions tend to get more, uh, more and more, uh, I don't even know what to say, uh, inflammatory as, as, uh, as decisions get more questionable. But tonight, it just really frustrated me that 30 seconds into the fourth quarter, I got my first mention of, why isn't Giannis in the game? And he had literally been out of the game for 30 seconds. Um, And it, it was just frustrating to me because so many people have been complaining about Giannis going 40 minutes, Giannis going close to 24 minutes for all these times that you'd think that would have been acceptable. That, okay... They're going to get him a blow. And I'm, I'm totally willing to admit that kid waited too long and he shouldn't have set him out the first six and a half minutes, I think it was, of the fourth quarter. It shouldn't have gone on that long. It, it should have been a two-minute break, a three-minute break, um, even a four-minute break. All those would have been acceptable. And, and he waited too long there. But it, for me, it was just funny that everyone's been complaining about, oh, man, he plays him too much and these 24-minute second halves are ridiculous. And then 30 seconds into a break for Giannis, I've already got my first mention of why isn't he on the floor. And obviously that continued for all those six minutes. So, again, I guess there's always... There's always reasons to question rotations, and, and I do think there's been plenty of times where Jason Kidd's rotations are questionable, um, and I think throughout the season we've talked about those moments and said that maybe Jason Terry shouldn't be playing this much, or maybe Giannis shouldn't be playing 40 minutes, or whatever it may be. We've asked those questions, we've talked about it, uh, but it, it's always just funny to me that my mentions are, are just so flammable <laughs> um, when those things happen and uh I, I decided to tweet about it and i don't think bucks fans are very happy about it but i, I did want to kind of talk about it in uh, in a larger idea and I, I guess get your thoughts on it as well because i don't know it, it to me it we're at a point where so many bucks fans are frustrated with jason kidd that they i think will argue both sides of an issue just to get an inflammatory comment in about Jason Kidd. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's where we are. Um, and and again, like I don't, know, even, the, I don't think that's a bad thing. Like I, I totally understand if if fans are frustrated with Jason Kidd. Like there's been plenty of reason to be frustrated with him. I, that part of it just kind of bothers me. Yeah, well, and and I mean the, the thing is, you, you know, you're gonna hear you're gonna hear it from anybody. You know, you're gonna hear it from the people who think who think Giannis plays too much. You're going to hear it from, obviously, a lot of people think Giannis, like tonight when he plays too little, you know, only 28 minutes, right? So it's kind of hard to look at it and say, well, clearly he should have gotten more minutes at some point. Um, yeah. The last few minutes, obviously, he, last couple of minutes he got taken out just because the game was out of reach. But, um, but yeah, I mean, see, for me, like, 
I think people, I, I, I like to think I'm pretty consistent in that I don't really complain when Giannis plays a lot of minutes um, so that I can maintain the moral high ground so I at least can complain when he plays too few <laughs> minutes. So I can at least claim to be consistent in yeah. trying to run Giannis into the ground um, and, and not sort of put too fine a point in it. Um, but I think the problem for Kid is that he kind of like becomes a gambler when he's riding a bench unit. Oh, he and, does, he no doubt does that. And he kind of like it's kind of like uh and I don't I don't gamble so I'm going to like butcher this analogy but it's kind of like <laughs> a guy riding a hot streak, you know, on pick whatever, you know, blackjack or craps or I don't know whatever whatever one is more most appropriate. But, you know, the idea <laughs> of like a guy sort of like pushing his luck yeah. um when he should just sort of go back to what, you know, makes more sense and quit while he's ahead and um, you know, a lot of times with with his best players, you know, he'll throw out these like random lineups and you know, certainly winning games with, you know, Rashad Vaughn playing huge minutes in fourth quarters probably didn't do anything to uh, make him less bold uh, in that And that I was going to say, like, we mentioned that on yesterday, too. We had talked about, hey, maybe we shouldn't see all of these Rashad Vaughn minutes. Maybe 25 isn't great, and Tony Snell should get five of those again. Uh, right, yeah. And so, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just, um, I, I'm... I have no problem with people complaining. I mean, it, the, the interesting thing is, you know, at 6.52 mark of the fourth quarter, Brogdon drives for a layup and gets the Bucks within seven, right? And so at that point... Seemed logical. They're really... They, they haven't been burned yet, right? At yes. that point, you can say they've gotten Giannis some blow. Giannis really hadn't played that well up until that point. Um, and so, okay, you, you, got, you got Giannis, maybe some solid minutes. Okay, uh, not put him back in, you know, and obviously, like I think most of us would have, you know, wanted to throw him out there earlier, but um, it hadn't really hurt them until basically two minutes later, basically a minute and a half later. Um, Conley hits a technical free throw after um, Henson heads the ball after Brogdon's layup, which was their second layup game. So that was a literally a bonehead move by Henson, and then Zach Randolph hits a couple of short shots um, to extend the lead back out to twelve, and then oh, okay, well now. Giannis comes back in the game at 528, but it feels like, you know, the game has already sort of passed, passed them by. And, you know, Tony Allen hits another three for crying out loud. Um, you know, so then the game sort of the, the wheels have come off. So, I mean, you know, it's kind of one of these things like just putting Giannis in earlier. Does that, you know, clearly change the outcome of the game? Probably not. But it's just way you're, you're, you put yourself just in way less of a position to be second guessed if, you know, again, you're not riding a henson uh <laughs> combination, right? And yeah. that's partly what kills me, too. I, I don't know. I mean, Toledovich has not played that much over the past couple of weeks. Obviously, he missed the last couple of games due to injury. Um, but, like, the idea of Toledovich being out there without Giannis just, like, seems so sad to me. <laughs> like, And it's been know, like that. But, I mean, even in the first yeah. half, that Toledovich was seeing his minutes non-Giannis. Like, yeah. Oh. yeah. And, and, I mean, and obviously that's partly because you know, again, they're effectively being used at the same position, right, at, at the four. So um, so that's that's just a problem. But we also know that over the course of the season, Giannis and Toledovic have, Bucks have been terrific when they've been on the court together. So um, so I don't know. I mean, it's like you look at it and she's like, well, hey, you're down. Is not, you know, what about getting weird and just playing a small lineup? Nope, can't do that, right? Yeah. I and mean, kid we know does not like to play small lineups and having all these centers in the roster makes him even less interested in doing so. Um I will say this one other thing though, um, and this isn't really a defensive kid per se, um, but on the topic of rotations, 
like we complain about rotations, right? Yeah. But I also I also would acknowledge that you know who else complains about rotations? Every fan base. <laughs> like <laughs> like rotations yeah. are probably the easiest thing to complain about because um, you know, every team has either young guys that, you know, you want to see play even though maybe they aren't very good or, you know, some guy who's pretty good who for whatever reason, you know, is an odd man out type situation so he doesn't play much. And with Kid, because he tries to play he tries to work guys in and he, tr- you know, basically we know from watching kid over the past few years that he doesn't just take guys and like bench them for 20 games, right? Mm-hmm. Like he'll bench guys for five games and then he'll just bring them back and let them play for, you know, two, three games in a row. And, um, and so it's a little bit hard because I, I think the idea of wanting consistent rotations is fair. Um, but, it's weird because I'll hear, like, I was listening to the radio and I was listening to some anonymous people on the radio recently and they were talking about, like, kids' rotations and how they were inconsistent. And it's like, okay, that's fair. And then they started complaining about John Henson, like, how John Henson doesn't play. And it's like, <laughs> okay, this is the thing. If you He's want consistently not playing. So that would, well, he, he in had, its own well, he terms, been, right? be consistent. Right. So, so it's sort of interesting. So it's like, if we want consistent minutes then you're going to have to pick like five guys, I guess, probably who just aren't going to play. Right. And, you know, right now it's, it should be easier because you've got all these guys who are injured. Um, but that's the problem. It's like when you listen to everybody, right. When everybody has a voice, the problem is everybody wants consistent rotations, (laughs) but finding the agreement on who, who should be included in that and who shouldn't be included in that is hard. Like I will say this, okay, I'll put my stake in the ground. Consistent rotations? That sounds good to me. Okay. Don't ever play Henson. Don't ever play Haas. Don't ever play Vaughn. If you want to play Vaughn just to see if, like, confirm whether he's even worth having on the roster, fine. Like, I don't really care that much about that. But, like, in the grand scheme of, like, me wanting to watch a basketball game and feeling like you're giving, you know, Giannis and Chris the best chance of winning a game, I'm okay just never playing Rashad Vaughn again. And then you add on Jabari Parker and let's say Michael Beasley for now. That pretty much gives you a ten-man rotation. So that's my. Th- there you go. People can disagree. People will disagree. Um, start Thon. Play him ten to fifteen minutes. Play Monroe the rest of the minutes. Uh, and then you know basically try to work around these other guys. You know if you never want to play Terrence Jones, which uh, remarkably Jason Kidd did play Terrence Jones tonight um, oh. in garbage time. But we'll see. You know I I, I was going to make a joke about how um, you know take a picture of Terrence Jones because you may never see him again. But um, realistically, Terrence Jones is going to play like three straight games at some point this season. And we'll say, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Kid eventually got around and, and played him some minutes. But when that happens, I mean, that's the thing with Jason I, Kidd. You, you don't know. I was, would you agree with this, that consistent rotations are an NBA fallacy? I think so. I mean, right? I mean, they're going to be always to some extent because, you know, you're, you're going to have injuries, right? So injuries play a factor, yeah. but then... I think most coaches, even even otherwise, like want to give guys a look, right? Just, and, like I've I've read articles, I, I've read analysis that praises Steve Kerr for bringing this guy's minutes down so they get a look at I don't know Ian Clark or working in Javale McGee at the start of the season so that Javale McGee can do this. And in doing that, like there's going to be nights where there's lots of minutes for that player, and then there's going to be minutes where there's not lots of minutes for that player, and I don't know. I, I just think uh, the rotation talk is, is, like you said, something that everyone can complain about in 
probably the entire league. Like, who would you not complain about? Rick Carlisle, maybe. Pop, maybe. I mean, the Wizards just the Wizards just don't have any players, so okay, it's so, probably so Scott they, Brooks. Like, they, they, they they don't have enough good players to have inconsistent rotation. So pretty much like anybody who can vaguely play is going to play if you're on the Wizards. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean it, it it's it's kind of one of these things too, though. I mean. I think sometimes we, I don't know, there's there's sort of like the correlation versus causation factor too, you know, and, um, you know, probably, I mean, like like the Spurs, right? The Spurs can just roll out anybody. Like DeJounte Murray will just not play for a while and then he'll just like go in and he'll play well mm-hmm. and then he'll just not play for a couple of games. And, you and know, like, Pop's it, a genius. Like, He's not some Pop, idiot that played some guy that should have never played, right? Well, but that's that's because it works, right? Like, yeah, like he doesn't really use, yeah, he doesn't necessarily have that, con- like his rotations may not be super consistent, but whatever he tries just seems to work, right? And that's the problem when you're Jason Kidd, you know, and maybe, okay, part of it is because your team isn't as good as the Spurs, but mainly it's because you're Jason Kidd and you're not Greg Popovich, right? And, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so, but it's hard and, and I, I don't know. I mean, it's sort of these things like I imagine, um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think the inconsistency, I mean, it's, it's sort of these things. It's, it's always a trade off, right? Like guys who don't, you know, if you, if you play inconsistent rotations, then I'm sure some guys will be like, man, I don't know when I'm, if I'm going to play on a nightly basis or I don't know why you're playing that guy. Cause he stinks or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but by the same token, if you just play literally the same 10 guys every night, then you're going to have five guys who never play. And, uh, you know, maybe if they're young guys and they won't complain and, you know, everyone will be okay with it. But I, I don't know. It's it just, it, it's the kind of solution that only gets solved if you win, right? Yeah. And if you win and are really good, then people aren't going to complain about rotations. If you're a team like the Bucks, who are all over the place and, <laughs> you know, Jason Kidd tries lots of different things and a lot of times it doesn't work that well, then you're going to get, you know, nailed for it. And, um, you know, uh, I accept it, but I think it's also ripe for, um, yeah, it's definitely ripe for trying to have it both ways. I'll say that. Um, all right. I don't even know if this conversation is worthwhile. Like, I just think it, it, it is something that like I've noticed as the season has gone on. Like this is, this is something that people always want to complain about. And I, I don't necessarily know that I disagree with complaining. Like I think there is frustrations to be had with with Jason Kidd as a coach, but um, yeah, there, there's just some. I think there's some other stuff in there as well. So I think it's all very interesting. Um, let, let me ask you this. Let, let, let me ask you this. So if you were, if you were uh, the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks, and granted, like we we don't see practice, and you know we don't obviously we're not on the plane, we don't know the locker room dynamic of whatever's going on, but. Um, but I mean, like I, I just told you my like I, I would be kind of fine just riding out like a, a specific combination of guys, um, and and yeah, I mean that would mean basically pretty much benching a number of guys who are paid a fair bit of money, like you know John Henson type. Um, I mean, would you like I don't know like do you think there's an answer, an easy answer there? Like, would you strive for those consistent rotations, or do you think that you know you have to have a bit of the I don't know if you want to call it change-ups or just working guys in, but I don't know. What's what's your take on that? Well, I definitely think you have to to do those things. Like you are, you're you're not managing fifteen robots. You're managing fifteen human beings that all think they're they're very good or uh, certainly good enough to be in the NBA. And and I also think a problem in Milwaukee is 
between player four and player 13, is there a large difference in talent or skill? I don't think so. Like, I don't think uh, that's been something I've been talking with other people is uh, I don't, I don't see guys that are, are taking minutes and saying for sure, Hey, I deserve these minutes. Like you have Giannis, you have Middleton over the the course of the season. I guess Snell has probably carved himself out 30 minutes a night. Uh, Brogdon's probably carved himself out 25 to 28 minutes a night. And then after that, Greg, maybe 20. After that, I don't know. I, I think there's lots of questions. And it maybe if those guys get to play 25 cons- consistent minutes a night, those other guys 5 through five through 9, 5 through 10, 5 through 11 on the roster, if they get those consistent minutes, maybe they're great. Or also maybe they're just terrible and play awful for 10, 10 games in a row. And you think, oh, maybe I shouldn't go with that guy anymore. I'll go with another guy and I'll change my rotations. And I, I think it, there's there's a lot of factors that go into this kind of stuff. And also the fact that, oh, to start the season, the Bucks were paying $43 million for the center position. And Jason Kidd only really likes to play two centers every game. And I, I would imagine that maybe he would like to go small sometimes. It, that isn't really possible when you're all of your money is in that position. So I don't know. I, I There's just a ton of things to balance. I, I don't think consistent rotations are, are a huge thing around the league. And I, I do very much think that there is a balance that you have to strike where you get guys minutes and you get guys run and you, you find a way to keep them involved. And that's how you keep your team happy. So um, I, I, it, again, if I'm running it, and there's no salaries, and I don't have to worry about anybody's personalities, I think I'd probably make very similar decisions to you. Like, John Henson probably doesn't play very much. Rashad Vaughn probably doesn't play very much. Um, Spencer Hawes probably doesn't play very much. And then, after that, I, I, I guess a lot of those other guys probably play, or at least get chances. Um, so, yeah, uh, but, but again, that's not that's not the world that that actually exists like there are actual players trying to trying to figure things out yeah i mean then that that's that's obviously the challenge right is is how do you you find that balance and how do you keep you know hold of a locker room and i think that was probably the biggest you know my biggest complaint a couple of weeks ago was that it just or let's say three four weeks ago was that for as much as kid was trying to work everybody into rotations it didn't seem like his team was <laughs> responding yeah. with you know with with whatever and and maybe you know again maybe it's harder to to execute due to some of these random lineup combinations um and that probably is that probably is one thing that i think kid probably struggles as well is like not just working different guys in but like working too many variables at once Mm -hmm. um and you know you were you were talking about i think like a week or two ago you know that that he i think it was in the Cavs game maybe like in the fourth quarter of the Cavs game just like bringing in this combination of guys who like never played a minute together. And it's yeah. just like, what are you expecting to get from that? And yeah. I think that's probably, you know, if, if we want to kind of put a finer point on, on, you know, a criticism of kids rotations, Moving it would one be, variable at a time instead of two. Yeah, yeah. So, so right. So it's, it's like, okay. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. So, I mean, it's one thing to say, you know, tonight Rashad Vaughn's going to get some early run and we'll see how it goes. It's another to say, well, we're going to play Rashad Vaughn with, you know, Jason Terry and John Henson 
playing with Greg Monroe or something, you know, something like that, where it's just like, okay, you're playing this like double big lineup that nobody's seen before. (laughs) And also like these random dudes who aren't very good, you know? So I think that's just, that's just tough. It's a tough way to live. Um, and you know, again, the bucks maybe have been, you know, kids been getting away with it with some of these wins and, you know, some of these weird lineups in the last couple of weeks have not hurt him. And maybe, you know, he's, he's again, it's served to embolden him a little bit, but, um, but anyway, tonight, I, I mean, I think the problems go go way beyond sort of rotations, right? I think this was just a, you know, if things were bouncing their way tonight, they did not. Um, yeah, you know. I, and I was going to say, too, I was thinking of that third quarter sequence where Monroe gets the steal, they're down eight, and then... Like, no one really comes to get the ball from Monroe, and he dribbles it up, and then he decides to try to make the pass to Giannis, which is the right play, but Mike Conley saw it from a mile away, steals it, goes down to the other end, and then all of a sudden it's a 10-point lead. And this is kind of the same thing in the fourth quarter. You you get that one to push it to seven, and then, what is it, John Henson gets teed up for headbutting the ball out, and then they get an easy layup, and then all of a sudden it's back up to 10, and, and... it just seemed like throughout the night you'd get to spots and then something crazy would happen. Like Tony Allen was two for two from three and both of them were, were threes that kind of swung some momentum. Cause I, well, I mean, technically any Tony Allen made three would do that. Um, but, but he did hit one in the fourth quarter and it, it was, it was just one of those nights where a lot of things went against you. And then on top of that, Giannis and Chris didn't play particularly well and, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna to be tough to come out with a win in that situation. Well, put a bow on it. The Bucks lost. Uh, maybe this was one of the games that you know maybe you would have had a, you would have thought you would have had a better chance to win on this road trip. Instead, the streak is over. Chandler Parsons. Trip. Yeah, damn you, Chandler. Why did you have to leave us so soon? Uh, you lose the game. Start the road trip. Zero and one. And yeah, I mean we've talked about the Bucks having not had a difficult schedule, but I mean. How, how many road games do they have in the six-game winning streak? One. So, you know, the Bucks have not been terrible on the road, but they got fat uh, finally racking up some wins at home, and yeah. now they're going to have to do some work away from the Bradley Center. And so, um, you know, again, now rest of the season, I think they're now 11 of the 16 remaining games are on the road. That's by far the worst home road split of any of the teams that they're uh, locked up with in this playoff race. And I think they are what? Let me just double check here. I believe they're now what a half game up on the Bulls. I want to say um, for the eighth spot, the Bulls did win tonight. Yeah, they're a half game up on the Bulls and the Heat, who are both thirty-two and thirty-five. Um, both those teams have definitely more favorable schedules the rest of the way. So um, the Bucks have some work to do. I think is the the long and short of it, and they're going to need uh, some better performances than we saw tonight in Memphis. And uh, next up, uh, a game that certainly isn't easy. Clippers look like they're on the verge of losing to the Utah Jazz, and the Clippers will be hosting the Bucks on Wednesday. Well, the good news is they boat raced the Clippers in Milwaukee uh, to get that that six game win streak started. So maybe maybe they got another one in them. You, you never know. Uh, there, there's always and it's national and it's national TV, and Giannis has been not great the last couple of games. So I think we're we need. We need a big Giannis national TV performance game. I demand it. Yeah, we're due for one. Why not? Um, that's going to be it for Lockdown Bucks for tonight. Uh, obviously, the Bucks lose 113-93 to in Memphis. Six-game win streak is is broken, but that's okay. The Bucks will start a new win streak on Wednesday. Or 
at least try to. Um, <laughs> being that comment about the Bucks is probably not a great idea. Um, that's going to be it for us. That was Frank Madden. I'm Eric Name. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We will talk to you tomorrow.